Go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Ripper, The Teller, and The Gremlin, episode 29. Yep. Uh, I'm going to kick things off and go straight into our new segment for this week's episode. Uh, I'm going to start off with something for all the gamers out there. Um, we're going to talk about the sales figures update for January 2021. Um, it's very, very promising, very good, um, and it's gone up an incredible degree compared to last Jan. Um, GTA 5. It's not surprising at all. Um, GTA 5 has hit the highest monthly digital earnings ever, which is, uh, I'm amazed. Do you know what? I actually personally am amazed about this one because I don't get me wrong, GTA 5, I know it's done a lot and it's been great and everything, but I kind of, my hype for that game died out so many years mm. ago. But um, it's the updates. Uh, yeah. Online updates just bring mm. people back and back and back. Yeah. And what you find is it brings people back and the player base grows. It's been going strong for like five years. Yeah. And yeah. do you know what the worst thing is? When they did that whole um, purple versus green alien morph suit war thing that happened <laughs> on uh, GTA, it got me back into it. Um, but I couldn't play it because I, I was, I'd never built up a GTA online career. So I had like no money, no properties, no nothing. <laughs> And I just kept getting blown up and stuff and killed. And I was like, you were just a little bitch. Yeah, exactly that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so um, whilst we're talking about the highs, we're also going to talk about the lows. uh, And that is no shock either. Um, Marvel's Avengers, Avengers A-Day, whatever you want to call it, um, is still (laughs) not doing well. Um, It's to the point it's not even in the sales charts, which is just mind boggling still. But at the same time i mean i would have thought at least in the sales it would have creeped back in you know but no not even that so you know that's that's incredible really um so i've got a couple of uh, games here that beat uh, avengers into the downloads for this month um we have nba 2k Fortnite, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, FIFA 2021, Cyberpunk. Even Cyberpunk. I know, even Cyberpunk <laughs> is in there, um, which is uh, amazing itself. GTA 5, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, one, uh, Rocket League, and Madden. So, Also, can we yeah. appreciate how the remaster of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 yeah, has is selling more the, than Avengers? Avengers, I know. It's it's just it's actually hilarious when you think about it, but um, it's like we a still bad feel joke. Bad. It is really, um, but yeah. So as as probably expected with COVID and everything, and gaming becoming bigger and bigger, um, we just continue to grow. Which so go gamers because yeah, that's yeah. it's great to see that the figures are still going up. Biggest growing industry on the planet still. We are and representing. We and are. Who's, and then yeah. back we're remember, in charge of this yeah do you remember back when like it was a thing that like if you played games at one point you were a bit of an outcast because like gaming wasn't cool like it wasn't yeah. the cool thing to do oh yeah it's, yeah it's so but weird. i mean i've spoke to, i spoke to my brother about this now though but you've got to the point where you just have like enclaves for like different like tribal groups of gamers oh yeah 100%. like you've like rpg kids in the corner and then like shooter kids in the center just like <laughs> just these little groups yeah and you yeah. have people who like cross over between yeah. them all and but then you have like don't. the diehards don't you who are like nah just rpgs just my tribe only, and like look down on everyone else <laughs> It's like the video play... game extremism, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I only play Call of Duty because it's the most realistic game out there. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Or, or I, just, I only play just sports FIFA. games. Yeah, I only play FIFA because um, it's only fair, isn't it? They're yeah. only fun games, even though I yeah. just buy all my players with real money. I know that's You're just come across like we're completely this. mocking those sorts of people, but either yeah, way. I mean, um, to be fair, we love. They are. I'm not. <laughs> the thing that's funny is we love like all games. Yeah. The only games I unapologetically rag on are sports games. Sports games, and yeah. that's I just because the the purchasing. Mean, I thought you loved them, Bradley. 
Oh yeah, wait, that's right. I do love sports. That's I why when you played that's FIFA. Why Bradley, <laughs> FIFA 08. That's why Bradley, when he went on EA Play, that has, I checked, 98 titles. And Bradley was like, oh, there's only 20 stuff here. <laughs> yeah. There's only 20 titles. I literally, my mind just ignores them. them. It doesn't out, see yeah. them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I do have to make a quick apology actually, um, to Owen, um, who we've mentioned on this podcast before, because I stereotyped him massively the other day. (laughs) Bad. Yeah. Basically, um, I've told you before about how he's quite an angry gamer and he messaged me and Zach the other day and said that, um, he said, Oh, I have three words for you boys. Xbox isn't ready. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a typical PlayStation player who, who's still obsessed with the console wars and thinks that PlayStation is superior when Microsoft stopped caring about 10 years ago. Um, yeah, and, and even I, Sony doesn't really give a shit. Yeah, so I literally messaged back this really like quite opinionated message saying like, Owen, look, at the end of the day, I, I don't know what, what it is about you PlayStation players who think that the console wars are a serious thing. I said, at the end of the day, people just want to play games and have fun. And, and to be fair, uh, Microsoft have been crushing it for a long time now um blah 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 like and i was basically getting really like not defensive but like making my point yeah and i literally replied saying i was just going to point out that i can now part i can now talk to people on both consoles so um i can give out my hate to, to X, um, xbox players as well as <laughs> so my uh, playstation players and i was like oh i apologize completely about my statement then <laughs> there's me like calling you out and staring you went on like full like nerd defensive mode yeah and then and then he was actually just making a point about party chat that was literally about abusing like 12 yeah. year olds yeah literally it and i was like uh, so i just stereotyped him entirely so i apologize for that i mean um, to be honest it, it would have almost been better if he was that stereotype as opposed to like bullying kids in uh, being bad at fifa <laughs> bullying people it's so funny yeah we we played cod recently um and literally every game yeah um you uh, mean he's he's Tom. getting older though isn't he yeah you'd think at some point he'd think oh, no, probably, no he probably rages no he, no he just a rate he's just a top top class rager um we were playing the other day and it actually is really funny i might send you the clip um chris and bradley basically we was playing um a 3v3 game mode on cod and these guys were like playing against us and they were playing in like really newbie ways and Owen was getting really frustrated um, and we ended up winning the game yeah but Owen got play of the game which is obviously like a little replay of like their best moment from the game and everybody sees it and Owen in that play of the game he was so angry that he killed them and when he killed them he unloaded a 50 round mag into their dead body on the floor <laughs> just literally holding the trigger down out of rage just literally well, just like that's bodies an incredible just on waste the floor. of valuable animals yeah but, yeah <laughs> um but anyway, aside from that, moving on to uh, my next piece of news, um, which I really am excited to talk about this, and that is Resident Evil 8, The Village. Um, so there, we've had a bit more news on this game, and we've also had some revealed footage, footage some, some gameplay. Um, and have you all seen it, or just me, or just... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I love the Resident Evil games. Yeah. I, I, I love... I love the old school um, mm. ones. Like I even love like five and six that I know a yeah. lot of people hate. Hated, um, yeah. I liked. I've liked most and, of them. And I love Biohazard. What, what do you well. prefer? What do you prefer though? Like the older ones or the newer ones? I like think they're Chris too different. I, I, I punching I, rocks. I, I kind of enjoy. <laughs> the, I, I'd wish they would just mix it up. Like yeah. one year, give us like a biohazard type mm-hmm. one where it's really atmospheric and it's like this crazy first person horror experience. Yeah. yeah. And then one year, give us a 
more action orientated take i see mm-hmm. i've i've played most of them but i i would say my opinion is that i do prefer the biohazard style ones but that's purely because obviously i like you love those atmospheric horror horror stuff yeah. yeah um and and biohazard was exactly that and i oh, also biohazard bought biohazard probably I bought my it favorite on, horror game i bought it on vr that biohazard as well after i would played the main game normally um and i tr- i tried playing it on vr and i i played a, f- a fair bit of it but it, it is intense like seriously intense the chase scenes and that are horrible um but anyway um so resident evil 8 the village i was really excited because it is going again for that sort of um biohazard sort of theme and i thought it looked cool from the initial trailer then i watched this gameplay and now i'm even more hyped about it um it, they've really gone for the same style sort of thing i mean it looks stunning the game and there's some really cool moments in the the gameplay clip we got um some some intense horror uh you know some really really like really beautiful scenery and things like that and it makes me really excited for the game mm. um, also but awesome cool vampire zombie lady yeah vampire slash zombie thing that was weird but that I like was awesome it. Again, I, 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 it was really cool. and she's become like a massive meme on the internet since it's happened. oh 100% like yeah, people crushing it. on their vampire waifu and I'm just like and why I, I, why I, are see... people attracted to murderous <laughs> psychopaths who will literally probably like you know they'll I give you the that. suck but not the suck you want I've seen a problem. <laughs> wow. Um, I've literally Is seen that... a, a clip of um, somebody... CV. <laughs> I've seen a clip of somebody basically like testing the, the gameplay um, demo to see like what happens if you just like instead of trying to avoid them, you just walk straight up to them. Like literally just walk and it, you just get like knifed to death and like bitten to death, things like that. But like <laughs> people are just standing there and letting it happen. It's like it's just so strange, some of the players on these games. But anyway, um, so yeah, really excited about that. Um, I think the game's going to be great, very atmospheric again. Um, it looks a lot more intense, uh, even more intense than Biohazard, which is really cool. Um, and I'm really, really excited to play it. Um, but that's not the only piece of news regarding this game. Something that doesn't sit very well, however, with me is the collector's edition of this game. Um, so the collector's edition in Japan is going to cost one, oh, 1,800 of their currency. Um, and... It's a very strange concept as well for an upgrade, uh, something I'd never really have heard of before. But mm. apparently, if you, you have to have the ultimate edition to access the game's hardest difficulty. Yeah. So, just so the, the, collect, the collector's edition, um, the collector's edition comes with a giant peacock coat as well, which is like <laughs> five hundred uh, equivalent, to like five hundred pounds probably. Uh, right. And then also a statue of one of the characters comes with a, I think it's like 17 it comes foot with tall the vampire statue. lady. Uh, there's, there's literally just like her living. She, she, yeah. She's just alive. She's, yeah. Like breathing holes. Yeah. I mean, there are like, there's, there's like, I think like five or six or seven uh, real physical stuff you get with that collector's edition. Right. But uh, I think was it one thousand two hundred? You said 1, roughly eight hundred. That yeah. seems quite excessive. Yeah, um, and not just that, but like it's not even okay. You could get some really cool things. I mean, if they're going to send you a real vampire and like a real statue and things like that, that's great. But at the same time, one in, in yeah, the Amazon. Yeah, but there's a hundred down <laughs> in a box. Yeah, um, like the Madagascar boxes. Um, but anyway, at the same time, it's not that that's the problem for me. I mean, they're excessive on the the price, but not just that. Why would you want to have to buy the the uh, like collector's edition just to play the hardest version of the game? Surely, like 
that well, should just uh, be something you, that all gamers have access so, to. So that's uh, a bit of a misconception there. So oh, okay. um, you only have to have the ultimate edition. Right. Um, which, so obviously collector's edition is different to the ultimate edition, even though right. I think it's called the ultimate collector's edition. So it's a, <laughs> right. it's a bit of a... Confusing. So what I mean by that is uh, if you pay for the like £90 one as opposed to the like £60 one, then you'll get the hardest difficulty from the get-go. Right. Um, and if you don't buy the £90 Ultimate Edition, you have, to uh, you have to beat the main game to get the hardest difficulty. Okay, so you're not locked out of it. You're not, but, but it's but that kind is a bit of annoying because, like, it's a bit scummy sort of, in my eyes. Yeah, I think so too because it's like, personally, I know there's a lot of games out there with a lot of replayability, but I feel like those sort of games aren't necessarily the, the one, the best to play again, especially not straight after because the atmosphere is the first time around, it's the fear of the unknown and things like that. But yeah, like, it's something you imagine, want to forget about and go back yeah, to, right? Because yeah. imagine like having to beat it and then being like, oh no, I've got the hardest difficulty, but then just speed running it because you know exactly what you need to do at every point <laughs> of the game. Like, it just kind of defeats the point. But yeah, I mean, not so great on that front, but as a whole, I am really excited about this game, um, and I and I will be playing it because I love an atmospheric horror game. So um, that's that's me in for that. Yeah, no, I mean, um, apart from the insanely priced collector's edition, collector's um, ultimate edition, at least of. with apparently the one they did before, which was like one thousand two hundred, you got a replica of um, is it Leon? Um, yeah. his jacket, and it actually looked really cool. It's this awesome big leather jacket. Um, that was estimated to be worth like $500 anyway. Okay, cool. Um, but but this one, the peacock coat, it's like, who's that meant to be for? Like, what is that <laughs> character? And it's like, it's not really like an iconic piece of that cosplay. It's no, just kind of no. like a peacock coat. And people yeah. pointed out like, you could probably just like get one that looks similar for like 80 for a lot cheaper, pounds yeah. or dollars or whatever. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah. Like, the game looks awesome. It does look awesome. Um, so that's me done for the news today. Moving on to, uh, I believe, Chris? Yes, I am uh, going to jump straight in with my news. So the first bit I wanted to talk about is something a bit more lighthearted, my first bit. And oh. we got a trailer for um, Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, and I think this looks absolutely great. I absolutely love this trailer and I can't tell you how many times I've watched it. I can tell. You oh, keep going on about it. The, the one aspect <laughs> in love with it. is I think the CGI is uh, astonishing. It looks so, so good. And the other part of it is every... I, I, I'm guilty pleasure of mine. It's just a really dumb, fun movie that knows what it is. Yeah. And I like that this isn't trying to be this, like, mind-bending or, like, highbrow intellectual, like, you know... Um, dunk it's like because a lot of time these movies like like a, lo- a lot of criticism gets thrown to like batman v superman for trying to turn their fight into like this insanely complex like yeah yeah story plot where it's like you probably just have them like, fight for a bit and then be friends like instead of trying to do this conspiracy theory um but i enjoy that it's just sort of like this ridiculous concept where they're like oh godzilla's being evil we don't know why he's evil oh, let's kidnap Kong and make them fight each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I just love how ridiculous that is. <laughs> um, and I also love how in the trailer, like Kong's like captured by the humans and on like an aircraft carrier. And yeah. I'm like, how did they get him? 
Yeah, how did they? <laughs> they like, how did they convince him to do this? Um, I mean, I get they, they sort of implied that they used the little girl and stuff. Have you, yeah, have you yeah. seen the trailer? I yeah, I have seen the trailer. Um, I I yeah, I my. You don't think this is really weird? Um, but my honest opinion, I, I saw the trailer. Um, I don't think I'll watch this film, and not because I don't think it looks good. This is going to sound like a really petty reason, right? But. I, I actually found it quite sad. And I know that sounds silly, but like I, I've seen Godzilla and I've seen King Kong and mm-hmm. I love anything to do with, you know, any kind of animal slash creature. Like I'm a real softy for animal slash creatures. Yeah. And I just thought like the whole concept of this film kind of makes me sad. Like the thought of two like ginormous things going up against each other is awesome, but it's like, I don't want either of them to die or to get hurt. Well, and, the, and- the, the, the thing <laughs> is, Jack, this is... This is, they're going to punch for a bit and then they're going to be friends. Yeah, that's what this, I'm hoping. The, the, this is, uh, there's already been like hints that there's like a Mecha Godzilla in the trailer, which is obviously a big right. character from Godzilla's lore. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I, and, and it's implied in the trailer that something's controlling Godzilla. Um, and in the last movie, he fought Gadiron, uh, yeah, yeah. Gadira, mm-hmm. who's basically a giant space worm alien yeah. creature thing. Yeah, that yeah. Maybe that's like influenced him. But it, it seems to be that this is actually Batman v Superman, where they're going to have yeah. like mad As long fights, as that happens, and, and then they're, they're, they're going to team up. So you're up okay on with some, them beating like, up a Mecha Godzilla? Oh, I don't care about that. Yeah, if he's a, but like, if it's or like, like a another big monster bad guy like that like, is evil and nasty and whatever but it's like in godzilla they kind yeah, of there's, like fit. there's no way this is gonna be uh they fight to the gonna, yeah this is yeah. gonna be they're gonna fight for a bit and then they'll be friends in that <laughs> case i mean if Monkey you watch it and, and tell me that giant dinosaur are friends now if you, and, if they'll, you and they'll have it, a hug at the end of the movie if you watch it and tell me that that happens and that they're both okay then then maybe i'll watch it but yeah i just <laughs> i just have a real softy for things like yeah. that and like I mean, guilty as charged do, do you know the one line in the trailer that really really made me laugh it was when um they're like ah oh, kong he bows to no one and i'm like yeah but let's just look at their titles so yeah. kong's like uh, king of the jungle yeah, right, yeah I know. cool he's got little skull island yeah. and then what's godzilla's title king of the monsters yeah and do you know what though? I saw a, I saw a meme about it, and it really did make me laugh. Yeah, it was like um, it was like uh, King it was like King Kong, and then it's like brackets big gorilla, yeah, and it's like Godzilla, <laughs> ginormous like prehistoric like ginormous prehistoric thing with the name Godzilla that can breathe fire and shoot lasers. <laughs> it shoots atomic breath. It's not even fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just love it. I love how silly it is. I love. But it's almost like Batman v Superman, like it's Superman's title. But it knows Batman. what it is, yeah. Does, yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't it? Um, and yeah, I don't know. And it's really fun because I, as much as I say, look, the story's not very complex. There is this really fun because this is mm. the fourth movie technically. Yeah. Because you had Godzilla, then yeah. you had Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm. which Kong was a, uh, an adolescent in that. That's why he's so much smaller. Yeah. And then you had Godzilla, um, was it King of the Monsters? I think it was King of the Monsters, which I loved. I thought Godzilla, King of the Monsters was great. Um, and then this is obviously the fourth film in, in the franchise where they sort of bring in these two characters together now. Um, and I just thought it, it's such a unique franchise. And I like this idea of this monster universe where yeah. all these crazy creatures, like these prehistoric and ancient creatures like exist and live. Um, and, and even in the trailer, they get a hint that, uh, that the, there was a war like, you know, years and years ago where all of Kong's race were like wiped out except for him. Mm-hmm. 
and that will probably be explored in the movie and i'm just like that's just so cool like to it's explain cool, why yeah. king kong's like all by himself that like his parents died in this war yeah to, see like, i don't want to see that him and... <laughs> <laughs> so let me get you straight you're scared for a, a gorilla that's like bigger than a city yeah you're scared for his emotional well-being <laughs> yes. yeah you have, you have <laughs> yes. that's correct yes i am yes oh, okay um well is there anything else you wanted to add apart nope. from being scared for, for nope. Kong? <laughs> no. Nope. Long live Kong and Godzilla. Do you, do you know what um, I thought? When Kongzilla. I, They're going to be a couple now. Do you know what I thought though when, when I watched this? It Go took on. me back to Zach when we were around George Jack and we got in an argument, me and Zach, over who'd win in a fight, King Kong or Hulk. Do you remember? No, I no. And, and I was like, oh yeah, but Hulk gets like stronger the angrier he gets. Yeah. And he's got like no limit to his anger. And then he's like, no, nah, Kong could rip him apart. And we just, for like half an hour, you guys were like watching uh, the Peter Jackson um, old King Kong movie. And me and him were just arguing about. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I vaguely do remember this. Yeah. Did it ever get resolved? No. <laughs> yeah, King, yeah, King Kong ripped uh, the Hulk in half, I think. <laughs> I, think I think from memory. No, uh, oh, God. Anyway, um, so I'll move on to my next bit of news. So this one is uh, interesting. We got a reportedly that Tencent is looking at a multi-billion dollar deal to acquire either Take-Two or EA. And we've sort of talked on this podcast before about we have our own reservations regarding Tencent. We're not going to get into it again because we seem to get into it, you know, most episodes <laughs> um but we just we have our reservations and our own thoughts on it um and rightfully so i'd say just because the practices that they seem to to push in gaming um but th- this is insane like this would be we've talked before about how tencent wants to acquire it kind of as much as they can mm-hmm. but if this is true this would colossal colossally shake up the gaming industry yeah like mm-hmm hugely i mean i don't know what you guys think on it well it's ea so take two Mm, you know that could be a bit impactful but what did take two make though because when i was writing this up i was like i can't actually remember anything with like take two as the publisher is there anything that pops to your mind straight away Um, take don't take two own rockstar oh do they think so i'm gonna have a google but yeah because they because they're est- take so ea is estimated to be worth 43 billion uh which is insane and then take two has an estimated worth of 24 billion so wow, wow. uh yeah they're both yes. so take two does they own rockstar and they own all of 2k so right they've got their eyes on the sports industry like sports game industry. Mm. Well, I suppose that's a good place to make money, I guess. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, the thing is, like, I I don't really care about this. The, the problem I have is they've talked about how the report says this could potentially be a hostile takeover of the companies, right. which is not so positive, which is a hostile takeover in that terms. It's just where they throw so much money at them. They just kind of like, you know, it's not really like um, a a deal that they're happy to make. You know, it's just kind of like a deal they can't refuse because you'd kind of be mad. 
mm-hmm. you know um and and you know the problem i have is i don't actually mind this if if they don't sort of change the practices and they just buy these companies and they just carry on the way they are um my problem would be what we talked about before if we start ending up with 300 pound skins in all of ea's games that mean dice so now we get a 300 pound dragon skin like in valorant in you know the next battlefield (laughs) or like just stuff like that or or, you know we can't have winnie the pooh in this game or winnie the pooh reference because it will upset like you know the chinese board of directors stuff like that where i'm weary at so you know my my problem is i hope this isn't true but if it is true like i hope they just because you know take two and ea are profitable profitable businesses i don't feel like you really need to and i don't know if they damage themselves too much if they did pump like it's such a tough one to tell because because like we talk all the time games that over aggressively um you know have microtransactions either seem to do fine or just get absolutely obliterated Mm. you know it's such a strange there seems to be like no rhyme or reason to it it's just like you're either avengers and you get ripped apart for your microtransactions and you flop or you're like i don't know sports games or whatever and you're just fine but there Mm. are there have been some like mainstream games that have had horrendous microtransactions in like games you've bought as well and they do fine even you know gta 5 which you know yeah okay they're given a lot of great free updates but you know that's a full price game and then the amount of money they've uh, generated through the i think it's the shark cards isn't it is insane um and i know a lot of people have issues with that because a lot of people kind of just want to buy a game and then have the game yeah (laughs) you know they have a a foreign concept can you imagine saying that like 10 years ago (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you buy the game and then you keep buying things within the game <laughs> can, I, can I just buy the game but yeah so I, I, I won't say any more on that because I don't feel like there is much more to say but I don't know if you guys got any other takeaways or anything you want to add no not particularly I think you've summed it up very well mm-hmm. ready no yeah I agree <laughs> I, I just agree anyway so we'll move on to a bit of news that's more positive so we might be getting a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic free mm-hmm. number three. Mm-hmm. And do you guys know anything about Knights of the Old Republic? I do indeed. I don't know if Bradley does, but I, I played them when I was younger. Um, I don't have like great memories of them. Like as in, like, I don't remember too, too much, but I remember what they were like to play and like the, the sort of essence of the games. And I know they were pretty iconic for their mm. time. Yeah. Do you know anything about them, Bradley? Uh, yeah, no, the, I've never played them or anything, but I know that they were really popular and they've got like a cult following still. Oh, yeah. They, their fan base is still huge. And the thing mm-hmm. that's hilarious for me is they're basically Dragon Age Origins, but like Star right. Wars. <laughs> they are literally Dragon Age Origins, but like just Star Wars. It's like the, it's like the foundation for what they eventually made into Dragon Age Origins like in a star wars game and it's so well done like it's just it's an rpg they both are well one is made by bioware and two is obsidian 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both, they just hold up really well, especially the second one where you can be good and evil. And um, if you're dark side, the dark side will influence your crew members. So all your companions will start becoming evil with you or vice versa. If you go light side, all your companions fill the aura and slowly go to the light side. And in the second one, it was mad. You could basically all of your, like about 80% of your crew were force sensitive. So if you did their story arcs, you could become their master and either train them as like a new Jedi or as like a Sith assassin. It was so, so cool. cool. It's, yeah. uh, it's just stuff like that. They're just like quintessential open world RPGs with just like great fun. Uh, and, you know, as a kid, being able to get your own lightsaber and, and run around and, and train Jedi. And, and it's also, it's the Old Republic, which is a lot of people's fate. I mean, that's not canon at the minute, but maybe this will recanonize the Old Republic. And that's a lot of people's favorite era. Like, I'm sure, mate, even if Bradley hasn't played it, you, mm. you must have seen the old cinematics for the MMO, the Old Republic. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Well, I, mean, there, I, I haven't seen them all, but I've seen some of them, yeah. Oh, there, there's like five at this point, five different CGI trailers, and each one is so good. And it's just, it's this scale that's not seen in Star, Star Wars because you have thousands of Sith and thousands of Jedi. This is when the Jedi Order and the Sith are really kind of both at a peak. Um, and it's just awesome. It's, it's such a cool idea to have a Republic versus an empire. And the thing with the old Republic is it combined so many elements of the prequels that work with the original trilogy. Yeah. It was like this mm-hmm. beautiful amalgamation of everything, but it lost all the bits that didn't work, which is why people love it so much. And, you know, the lore is insane. Like, because it exists like a thousand or two thousand years before the empire before Darth Vader you have this whole built-in history and literally they talk about it in the game so you have like the ancient Sith wars which is like the 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 small republic versus just the Sith on their homeworld and there's the Sith are explained that a group of dark Jedi joined with the race who were literally called the Sith who had red skin and made like the modern day Sith, like through them interbreeding and stuff. And then like there's the Mandalorian Wars where the Mandalorians go out and raid the galaxy and end up fighting the Jedi, which is that whole backstory from the Mandalorian where the Mandalorians and Jedi always have this like awkward tension because they used to be like ancient enemies. Because the Mandalorians were destroying the Republic before the Jedi like stepped in because the Republic forces just had no chance against Mandalorians. It's an awesome story. Like there's so much you can do within the old Republic that they've already established. There's like, there's literally like five or six different wars and timelines. And you know, the old Republic MMO is set, you know, a hundred years after Knights of the old Republic. So even those two parts of the old Republic timeline are extremely different from one another. Yeah. Uh, but they've just talked about how basically there's a, a rumor that has seems to have a lot backing it up that we are going to get a Knights of the Old Republic free. Mm-hmm. And I talked about how, you know, Bioware made the first one and then Obsidian stepped in and made the second one. Um, and the rumor indicates bizarrely that Bioware have nothing to do with this third game. 
Mm. Which blows my mind because I would have thought Bioware would technically own the rights in a certain way. Yeah, definitely. Um, But apparently, no, because apparently um, a lot of industry insiders, so Jason Strider, who is a huge person, he's he's like one of the last like investor, investor, I can't say it. Help me out. Investor? No, when you investigate. Uh, investigative yes there you go sorry that, i was struggling that, with that it is a word yeah um yeah it, uh gaming reporter and he's amazing literally he did he did the expo expose on anthem where he literally spoke to all the bio bioware employees and exposed anthem's like troubled um development history ah. he, he's done so much cool stuff that he's like he's like one of the last guys who's like an old school journalist but like within the gaming industry like who a like PI. Has, yeah, who has like loads of connections. PI I, Magnum. I think he's really cool. Um, but he sort of said as well that um, that it is that it is in development and we'll never guess what the studio that's working on the title is. As if like, oh, it's it's really surprising. You'll never actually guess who's actually working on this this uh, game though. Hmm. Um, and uh, the other thing was uh, multiple sources, including a source called the Bespin Bulletin, which is a trusted Star Wars leaker slash insider. He, uh, the Bespin Bulletin, leaked the entirety of the Rise of Sky- Skywalker. So you know when all those leaks were coming out, he pretty much said this is going to happen, and then the movie came out, and everything that he said happened. Right. Um, so there's a lot of people on both the Star Wars side and on the gaming in- industry sort of side who are saying, yes, this game is in development somewhere and with a studio that you will not expect. Wow. And not at Bioware, which given Bioware's recent track records, probably not a bad thing. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> they're, they're, not, they're not the same studio that made Knights of the Old Republic. They're not yeah. even the same studio that made the first two Dragon Ages or the Mass Effect trilogy, which is a mm-hmm. really sad... It's not to mean they can't redeem themselves. I'm hoping Dragon Age 4 is like the turnaround for, for them. Yeah. But, um, you know, they aren't the same studio. So if anything, this actually makes me quite happy and quite... Hopefully this has gone to a studio who loves the originals and wants to like continue the story and make it like as good as can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you, who do you think this could be? Do you have any studios floating around in your, in your brains? I have no idea. <laughs> no, uh, idea. no well, idea. I don't know. Yeah. It, like it could be anyone if it's not Bioware. Yeah. Unless they're trying to find similar studios. It's got to be someone with a foot in the RPG world though. Do you think mm. though? Because I've always, I've always loved when companies or developers go from making one very specific genre to making something completely different. Yeah, the only thing I'd say with that is, RP people who jump from like one genre to like RPGs tend to struggle to find their feet a lot right. of the time. And also, the same can be true for people who make RPGs trying to make something else. Okay. Uh, so I, I do agree. You think they're just like a different breed? <laughs> I just think they're they're so different to make, right? Mm-hmm. Like the philosophy, the design ideas. The a lot of the time, people who don't make RPGs, when they make RPGs, they make them really restrictive. Okay. And they lose sight of the fact that lots of people love RPGs for the choice, 
for the fact it's not the fact that you make a 160 hour game it's the idea yeah. that you make a 60 hour game that we can replay like 10 times and make different choices every time mm-hmm. that's more what rpg fans really really want as opposed to i mean there are people out there who just want 160 hours and just like oh i get to choose who i sleep with and um <laughs> you know maybe I, I this character dies instead of this character instead of like these you know colossal shake-ups to the narrative which is really what i think most rpg fans love about rpgs you know yeah. siding with a different group helping a different group claim the world you're in or you know changing the outcome of someone's life dr- dramatically like in knights of the old republic 2 where you can take that like a troubled bounty hunter and if you train her as a jedi her character completely changes and her ending changes as well she she just if after the story she wanders as a bounty hunter and just like gets drunk but if you train her as a jedi it talks about specifically how she goes from like planet to planet and like defends the innocent and stuff and it's like but that's because that's your teachings that's the way you've molded this character's like life it's like the im that's the thing with rpgs you want to feel you have an impact on the game world yeah um anyway that's that's how i view it anyway um but the the thing that's quite interesting with all of this is Lucasfilm Games also added fire to this rumor because after all this came out, they released a statement basically saying they want to honor the legacy of the oldest Star Wars gaming titles and that we will have multiple announcements across this year. Ooh. Yeah, that's quite cryptic, but at the same time, that seems to be like, hey, hey, you remember all those old Star Wars licenses and games you really, really loved? Uh, yeah, we want to make new ones. Because why <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah. And, and I'm saying, if they're doing KOTOR, then this could open the door for, um, you know, for potentially maybe a spiritual successor reboot or remake of old games. So we could see, you know, either a Force Unleashed reboot or maybe even we'll get Force Unleashed 3. Like, how awesome would that be? Like, continue Starkiller's story and make Starkiller canon... I'd love that. Like, mate, you have to do some fudging and stuff, but that would still really work. <laughs> um, you know, we could get another Republic Commando. Like, who doesn't want a Rainbow Six style first person Star Wars Commando shooter where you control you and you order a squad around and you fight yourself? <laughs> like, that would be amazing in today's like uh, with today's like game design. And then the other one, you know, a Star Wars bounty hunter game, which would probably nowadays, you know, the, the old one was inspired by Django Fett. But if they did another bounty hunter game, it would probably be more inspired by the Mandalorian. Yeah. Which we've all talked about on this show is something we'd love to see. Why not yeah. combine everything that was great in bounty hunter and bringing loads of aspects from the Mandalorian show and make the like most awesome bounty hunter game ever. Or even like another Jedi Academy game. Like the possibilities, we spoke about this before, all the different games they made. Like, and they're hinting at that all these old IPs are going to get some form of new, you know, um, breath of life. Be that reboot, be that sequel, be that remake. I'm game forever at anything they want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's great. I just, there's so, I, I, I'm a big person of I don't like IPs just languishing in the dirt. 
especially beloved IPs, I'm like, there's always something else you can do. There's always like something new you can bring, but still respect the fan- franchise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of hate IPs. Like I know a lot of people who kind of just want Gears of War to like die because they're like, oh, it should have ended after free. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. Like that's, that's fine. But like, if you love Gears of War, do you not want more Gears of War? Yeah. Like, I understand. No, I get that point. I don't know if, if you agree more with that, Bradley, or... No, yeah, definitely. I, I'm, like, um, a mixture of it. I, I think there is a point where... It's too much. The, yeah, yeah, or not too much, but just Probably when you're at, break. like, Gears 11 or whatever. I say that, <laughs> but then again, I'm, I'm like, giving me more Assassin's Creed. So I think I, I will kind of flow yeah, um, yeah. between things. But Probably depends on the franchise more than anything, right? Yeah, yeah, I suppose because obviously it's you've got to think it's so Creed varied. Yeah, and also yeah. it can be completely different stories. Well, it's a different wars, historical so, um, yeah. context every time as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So I think yeah, for the most part, it's normally it gets to a point where I'm like, I want to see what else you can do. I mean, even with Assassin's Creed, Gears I, I, Twenty Four. I said, <laughs> I said about how nice it Marcus was to see Immortals. <laughs> Marcus is pushing ninety, yeah. and he's yeah. just like still jacked. <laughs> but yeah i said how nice it was to see the development immortals, yeah. immortals and compared that you know to assassin's creed yes it has a lot of similarities but it's very much its own game it stands on yeah. its own. and it was nice because so, because from what i've heard of you two talking about immortals it really feels like the game that the devs wanted to make when they made yeah. odyssey yeah definitely yeah. and that, that's my point i want to see that kind of passion project where you're not just pumping out you know gears 24 you're pumping out a game that you want to pump out. You've got the passion to do it. That's why I think it's good when like a new fresh studio comes in who grew up with like say gears and they're Mm. like, Hey, we're all passionate fans for the old gears. We want to make like our new one. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's when it really works. Not when you've got people who don't care and they're just like, Oh, make the next one. It's like, Hey, these people love the license and they're going to, do something special because they mm-hmm. love it. They love the material. I think that's when you, you can keep doing franchises. Yeah. And I feel like that's like the Mandalorian is a peak of that. Like John and Dave just like love what they were doing. You feel watch the behind the scenes. They're so excited and giddy like every day. And like everyone there is so happy. And I think that bleeds into the like actual show. And, it, and I think it's the same with game development. Mm-hmm, definitely love what you're doing like even like the guys who worked on doom eternal were massive doom fanboys and i think that <laughs> bleeds into that game because it because it's new but it keeps the spirit of why people love doom yeah but uh yeah i don't know if you you want anything else to add to, to that discussion no i think i think we've talked about pretty much everything yeah we have so that's my uh my news done for this week yeah, so onto onto my news pieces. My news pieces will be a lot shorter than, than the previous <laughs> news. Um, so yeah, starting off um, with a company that we talk about a lot. One of the big boys, Microsoft, um, and Microsoft has done something recently. We're always talking about Microsoft in in the good light. You know, it's quite sad that today we're going to so rag on them a bit. Yeah, it's not so much a good light. You can't do it. We've do been know, talking what, about. You know what how... I thought about as well. Do you remember that episode where? We went, oh, a company manipulating the masses. Never. <laughs> <laughs> we, we always talk about kind of recently, especially about how they've presented themselves. That's what I said as well. I said presented themselves as, and you were Jack like, oh, you don't, think it's, you don't think it's real. You think they're just presenting it. And I was like, no, but now 
now we might be seeing their true colors. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We're, we're, basically, I'll, I'll tell you what's happened. So um, Microsoft had um, revealed that there was going to be a, a price increase to their Xbox Live Gold subscription. And it was essentially going to double the price. Um, so working in dollars, that would be about going from $60 um, in a year. And it was going to be $60 in six months. So it would end up being 120 a year. Um, and it was kind of, um, they felt that it was justified because there's going to be um, loads of the free-to-play games that will now no longer require um, gold to play online. But how is that justification? Yeah, mm. and, and it was hilarious because if you read the article, they don't talk about how they're going to improve gold, how they're going to make it better, how they're going to like, like, oh, okay, they get, you think maybe they're getting this money to do something like new or improve it or make it the best online service. No, they, they, they just want double the money, idiots, yeah. pay. And, and then they're saying that you don't even need gold to play these free-to-play games. So why did they even have the price increase in the first place in mind especially considering that i'm pretty sure psn um or whatever their playstation ps plus i think it is um already had that concept of free yeah, to play games free to play games didn't, didn't require, require your playstation, PlayStation plus um so that that's crazy that they're now saying oh don't worry you're gonna get this so they've basically gone back against what they've said they've played one been hit with, yeah they've been hit with all this backlash and within gone, one day Uh-oh. not in not even 24 hours bradley <laughs> yeah which is <laughs> but again that kind of sinks into what we were talking about how they are very public facing how they very much listen to their fans so this you know they clearly made a mistake and they're they're more than willing to go back on it um you know even with the embarrassment of going back on a decision, no company likes to kind of withdraw anything. It makes them look weak. It makes them look kind of uncertain about what they want to do. Um, but they were willing to do that to, to, you know, kind of appease the masses and, and listen to what they had to say. Um, but obviously it has had an impact. We, I mean, we're talking about it now. It has, it has had that kind of mm. reputational impact against them. Um, like you say, they, they had so much goodwill, so much like, they they really were building themselves as the the people's um, the people's console really the yeah. place to play mm-hmm. uh, the place where money you know value for money was the best in the industry willing uh, <laughs> to swap it at moments notice. yeah uh, and I I kind of I think like I hope that this was different departments not communicating I like Hopefully. to think that this wasn't like like phil spencer and the people that we know that love game pass and do all this really cool stuff i'd like to think that they you know didn't necessarily agree with this or or weren't consulted about this because it seems to be there's different parts of xbox who like seem to be in different minds about what to do i mean i Mm -hmm. hope that's true if not then they're just playing us for like fools but that's kind of they're trying to see the reaction they'll get from saying something like this (laughs) testing the waters just dipping their toes and i mean a lot of people have said is this a tactical move to get people to just download game pass because like why pay 120 pounds when you can play like you know whatever it is 12 or uh, i think 15 dollars a month for xbox game pass ultimate you'll spend nearly the same amount of money maybe it's less i can't do the maths quickly in my brain mm-hmm. uh, um it's, it's probably a less. bit more i think i don't know um, oh yeah yeah if it's 12 or 15 it's probably slightly more but um, you get all those games and your xbox live and then it also on your pc 
yeah it, so like if it is that i think that's the complete wrong way to do it i don't think yeah. you upset the current fans i think maybe you just look at removing gold entirely as as a separate thing and you only run game pass i think that might be a good way to do it mm. um it will probably still cause you know a lot of arguments and, and hassle but it will cause far less than doubling the price outright oh god the backlash was immense and literally <laughs> i can remember sitting there and i was like no way this is so tone deaf like for a company that's actually been really like 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 you know good listening to people like the level yeah. of tone deafness is isn't and then the fact that this free-to-pay malarkey was like they were like oh no no, no we're not doubling it and now you can play all those free-to-play games for free it's what, like they like, came up with that on the spot <laughs> like i could for all the other services and like people say all the time like you don't need a subscription service to play your pc like, no you just play your pc you online need, your subscription service is to your internet service <laughs> provider yeah but, I, but you have to pay that and to xbox to access it yeah and like you say i've always hated the idea of gold and playstation plus i've always thought it was such a a money-grabbing way of of working i mean i I, I don't mind it as long as there's something they're providing to you yeah see games with gold i always felt that was you know a good experience to have as well yeah Um, and sometimes like they they bundle games on there for like 80 like pounds you know like mm-hmm. in total value of price and i know like it's usually like two old games and then like a current game yeah um but some months they've been cracking like i've i've got a huge library of stuff from games from gold i think i've got like, mm-hmm. 32 titles yeah and it just adds to that you know you've got loads on game pass and then you've got loads from games with gold so it's just you know this growing amount that you'll <laughs> never ever play all of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean, you should see my um, you should see my play later list on Game Pass, Bradley. Oh God, no, I don't want to. It's, it's too intimidating. <laughs> um, so yeah, Microsoft kind of did a boo boo, um, but they went back on it, and you can't hate them too much for that. They they accepted in a very short amount of time their mistake. It's not like this was sitting there for weeks, and then they were like, actually, this isn't getting any better. They instantly retracted it realistically. So can't hate them too much they're still kind of doing the right things um as best they can even with their mistakes it's just a shame about the reputation damage that this will have Mm -hmm. and and we talk about how we don't like the fanboy wars but immediately i saw comments from like ps4 and ps5 fanboys who were just like yeah told you scumbag this is to be expected (laughs) (laughs) and then like uh there were just like people like ragging on the medium as well and like all sorts of stuff and it was just like oh come on like (laughs) like and and that's the thing like i'm still like yeah but even with this game pass is still just the most ridiculous gaming deal ever that you'd be mad not to take Mm -hmm. like and and I, I love it. I saw this one guy and he was like, oh, all the games of Game Pass are rubbish. It's basically like a demo tester. And I was like, no. <laughs> so you're clearly, like, it's, do you know how yes, much Gears of is War on 5 was a, uh, it was a demo tester. All the Halo demo, games, did you not know? All of the Gears games. It's a very long of, demo. <laughs> all of Microsoft's excuses, exclusives, m- lots of Cinemax's new titles. Like, there's so much on there that's professional. There's so much on there that's indie. There's so much on there that's different. You know, you can even search by genres, and there's hundreds of RPGs. Do you know how many RPGs? I've, I, mean, I love RPGs, and I've discovered, like, 30 that are on my play later. That I was oh, at. no. And I was like, they're all really, really cool. And, like, they're, like, different budgets. Some of them are higher budget. Some of them are more old-school like ARPGs, like, mm-hmm. but that's all through this value of Game Pass. And 
I just don't get the argument of Game Pass is bad. Like, I yeah. just, I, I can't see it. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. I, I don't personally have Game Pass, um, but I do recognize its value. It's ridiculous, and I, I don't see why people are so hateful of it. It's just mm. a fanboy. I mean, it most of is. your reviews, most of the games you reviewed that you love, Bradley, are on there. Yeah, exactly. And like, obviously, <laughs> and they're all I'm in not my even play later section. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm probably losing money by actually buying the games for you know to keep. <laughs> At least in the in the short term, I am. In the long term, I'm probably not. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is a really good service. Um, so on to my next piece of news, and that is to do with the EU, um, which the three of us have discovered have too much power just before this, after, <laughs> after brief, brief, briefly talking about this. We're not so, little British revolutionaries, don't worry. No, we're not. We're not like, we Brexit, but we have realised... <laughs> The yeah, European Union power. have a lot of power um, and they've actually issued fines. And I said, like, it's quite weird to just think of the Euro- you know, the European Union itself <laughs> issuing, issuing fines, fines like, you know, money. this dominant force. Um, and it's issued it to five publishers um, as well as Valve. Um, hopefully, you know, li- you listeners have heard of Valve. Um, they are the company that made um, kind of Left 4 Dead, um, Portal, Steam. Half-Life. Yeah, and I was going to say, and own Steam. So That's the big one. If yeah, if you you know use Steam as a platform, they actually own that, um, and they they filed these fines for a total of seven point eight million pounds. So not exactly you know a parking change, ticket, a parking ticket. Yeah. Who who were the naughty boys as well? Who got fined alongside um, Valve? alongside Valve? So the other publishers were Bandai Namco, which huge thing. Um, obviously, yeah, uh, Japanese. I think. Yeah. Um, Capcom again. <laughs> what are they doing um focus home interactive which I'm i actually love heard. focus home interactive what so, do they make uh they are mainly like a lot of rpgs and stuff of so grateful <laughs> um so they own like spiders oh, okay. so of men and all they own spiders Greed, yeah which <laughs> is the <laughs> spider <laughs> spiders is uh, a development company that made greedful of orcs right. and of men and orcs um uh, Bound by Flame, uh, the Technomancer, like loads of these little indie gems I really love, uh, like RPG gems. Okay, uh, I'm agreeful. And they have a load, there was a sale the other day for Focus Home Interactive, and they have loads of stuff that you wouldn't even like think about. They're mm-hmm. actually, I think they're really cool. They make loads of games that other publishers, I think, wouldn't greenlight or wouldn't like push out. They're kind of like this middle ground publisher, but I, I really like them. Oh. And then the other two were, I'm going to say Koch Media, because, yep, and <laughs> Zenimax. And obviously, Zenimax, big, big Microsoft's thing we always talk about. Microsoft's giving them another slap, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, it's another thing Zenimax are being hit for, um, and Microsoft are probably going to end up dealing with. Um, so the reason that these, are being, uh, these companies are being fined is basically it falls down to um, them all changing prices across EU states and region locking certain games as this interferes with the EU's pricing fairness agreement. Um, so because they're not following those commission's terms, they're actually, you know, in breach of them, they are, you know, illegible to be fined. Um, but I'm pretty sure that we're all in agreement that it's kind of fair play yeah. to, to actually change prices across the EU. Yeah. It's I... such a stupid rule that you yeah. can't. I mean, the problem is, 
they're looking at this from it's it's like it's a place of i think it's actually like it's coming from a good place but it's also a place that's not looking yeah. at the full picture yeah it's like they want fairness across all the eu countries so mm-hmm. they're like oh our rules are the price has to be the same everywhere but but that's the, not how it the, works but they're not milking people they make games cheaper in different regions if regions are poorer a lot of the time yeah they're like, not they're not increasing price they're literally decrease which is like a well-known thing that game publishers and developers will do is decrease price based on the state of the economy where they're selling it um so which is a is, very admirable thing that the gaming industry does yeah exactly because obviously a lot of things don't take into account what the current economy is like in in you know wherever they're being sold whereas the gaming industry does and yet the eu is kind of saying well for fairness sake you can't you you have to actually sell them at the same price oh this fine yeah yeah <laughs> so your goodwill was just aren't you in total a 7.8 million <laughs> obviously that is split between them valve um has 1.6 of that um but yeah, it's it's crazy to think that you're going to get, or well, these companies are going to get fined millions of pounds because they were trying to do the right thing. They were actually yeah. trying to be yeah. nice. I, I think it comes from the EU just haven't looked into this enough, have they? And and the thing no. is, what they are doing, in my opinion, is fair because I don't care that someone in a poor country pays less for a game than I do because no. I earn more no. money. God no. Like like I think that's nice. They can then experience it and not like have to starve their family. Like yeah. stuff like that. Like, yeah, and, now, and now the EU is just like, nah, that guy in France <laughs> makes all that money. Oh, and you in Eastern Europe, oh, pay the same amount of money, you bum. <laughs> and, and the well, thing is, it's the fact that the EU have taken this moral high ground and think they're doing something right. It's like, well, no, you're not looking into do you this know properly. The, do you know the way that I think it is? I think that they're looking at it instead of their decreasing prices for the poorer countries i think they're looking at it from the perspective of increasing you're it for increasing the it yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. the richer countries and then obviously that is kind of unfair just because i live in a economically richer mm. area why should i have an inflation um so maybe you that that is their way idiot. no but yeah well, it's, I it kind of makes sense though it, in that right? aspect no but they're, you maybe they're money, looking at it yeah, well, yeah, definitely. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe they're looking at the fact that well, if you're quite comfortable selling it at this price, why have you then increased it is what they're looking Somewhere at. Somewhere else. Yeah, I see. Yeah. You mean. So right. maybe because they're looking at it backwards, it's it does seem really unfair. To them, it seems like cheeky, but to us, it just seems yeah. idiotic. Yeah, yeah, because we know that we are quite capable of paying like 50, 60 pounds. And normally these developers are deserving of it because... You know, they could put years and years and years of work into this. Yeah. So Although I would have like, complain if they were and cheaper. Devs, and devs don't get paid No, me neither, is, Jack. Me know. neither. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's quite a weird little thing. And we'll see how that one goes. You know, mm. whether they'll mm. pay the fines, whether they'll dispute it. Um, the, the one thing this Maybe another corporate well, beef. Though. Maybe. Well, EU versus really the world. EU, EU beef. EU um, beef. <laughs> but, but there is one thing this does bleed into as well, actually, is um, the fact that, a lot of the time you use like steam keys and you use um cdkeys.com cd keys yeah and there's another one as well there's um G i don't oh, oh g2a pay yes i don't i don't trust those i've only uh, ever trusted cd keys but, and basically for anyone who doesn't know what they do is they basically buy the game from a different region for a lower price and then sell it on and they sell with, it without on much with of code. an increase yeah yeah it's, so, it's not much 
so yeah it's, but it's like... a way to get games cheaper uh, and a lot of people you know bradley included quite hey, I, w- I was very poor and now i'm kind of like invested <laughs> Well, that's fine. But, but again, I, I, I do see the value if you're, if you're a student or someone who's very poor, like it is a, it's a, it's a good service. Um, mm-hmm. but it's completely legitimate. This will probably, <laughs> this will probably, um, you know, <laughs> be some probably that, have some effect on it. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll definitely go at these companies. I reckon the LDU. Yeah, probably. Um, we'll, again, we'll see how it goes. I really like Stikis. I think, People kind of look at them and uh, in, in distaste, um, but they're actually like a really good company in my opinion. And they seem got, very like, customer friendly. Yeah, they are. And this is one of the things. Like when, whenever people are like, "Oh, CD keys," uh, I'm like, I basically in their their like key section when you can buy it. Obviously, if if you know CD keys, um, what they are, a key is something to unlock a piece of software. Um, and when you're going to buy like currency. Um, they make they kind of have a little bit of information saying are you sure that you want to buy this is this a gift or for yourself Um, because there's a lot of scams online where they'll obviously ask you for either bitcoin or things like steam (laughs) vouchers and so they actually have like a whole page of information so you can be aware of of making sure that you're not falling prey to these types of things and i was like that's so nice to see a company actually doing that they're basically saying are you sure you want to buy this like don't buy this if you don't need to, yeah. um, which obviously normally companies are like, buy it. Who buy cares what it's for? Buy it, buy it. But don't read the terms and conditions. Just buy it. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, that's so much you're nice selling stuff. your life away. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh well, buy it. It's like con- sign a contract to work. You are now the indentured servant. <laughs> okay. No. Oh, no, no. But yeah, I'm a little city keys fanboy. But I was like, I was impressed when I saw that because people need that type of thing because they aren't aware of the you know the kind of dangers of the internet. Yeah. Um, especially if they're like kind of older generation, maybe they don't really understand what stinky even is. <laughs> I'd be surprised if they found their way on the website. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just like cheap steam money. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's see where the EU takes those fines, you know, maybe the, right yeah. to the bank. If, and <laughs> if maybe they all we'll, pay just, them. we'll just rage on the EU some more. Mm-hmm. And no, that's not because we're like, woo, Brexit. It's <laughs> like just because we, you know, are sad that some poorer countries have to pay more. That's all it comes down to for us. Yeah. So nice people, my, right? Yeah. My final piece of news today was uh, it was going to be cyber, cyberpunk for the 20th week in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know at this point. It's been a lot of weeks of talking for about the, Cyberpunk. The, the 29th episode. And for the 29th episode in a row. No, I, I, I considered it and then I just said, no, none of us wanted to talk about it anymore. Yeah, it was a it, patch and it went wrong. And, and some of it slightly was Slightly good, slightly bad. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. And so that's, we're just not going to bother. There's a summary. <laughs> yeah, that's literally all you get. Instead, Woo, I literally want to take a second. I saw a game today and I'm well excited. Go on. It's, um, it's called Bleak Faith and it's it's been dubbed it's souls like um, and it, it looks of course like it, it is. yeah of course, <laughs> it is. of course it is but the reason i wanted to bring it up here is because they're actually saying it's a like a real emphasis on survival horror as well oh really yeah mm. and i was like oh can me and jack meet in the middle here <laughs> but it looks that sounds like phenomenal. a really interesting combination i would yeah. i'd recommend that like you both go and look at the the kind of gameplay footage they've revealed what was for the it. name it, again 
it's called bleak faith it it looks like one of the weirdest things like it's one of those things that you just kind of watch and you're like what is happening and then there's like giant creatures and then they're like in kind of sci-fi setting and then it's very like um dark soulsy and very like knights and um kind of you know swords and shields and I, nice. i'm just like i have no idea what's going on but it looks pretty awesome <laughs> i shall check it out but i would just go and watch it and just just sit there uh, like try and, did, try and figure it out and explain did it, it to say me. what it's on bradley no it's literally the first reveal i'm assuming it will be pc and then whatever else they choose could, to... could you imagine if it comes out and it's like a playstation 5 exclusive yeah <laughs> uh it probably is it looks very um japanese as well mm. um but i could be wrong not necessarily a bad thing okay apparently playstation 4 xbox one and microsoft windows oh, nice. just, the style of it just had me in awe um, give it a go I'll give it a watch so i will just yeah just watch the like, gameplay yeah. reveal trailer that they did for it and nice. you might think very survival horror i was like mm. "Ooh, jack Ooh. might be interested but yeah, then, maybe we'll talk about it next week. on the outside on the outside it does look very dark yeah. so i was it, like probably not <laughs> if we watch it we'll, we'll definitely we'll have a quick chat about it next week yeah um so that is all for my um pieces of news today so i believe we're going on to the review section and i'll kick us off um with my review this week which i i was unsure of what i was going to do but talking about souls likes i just oh no i just have to so i'm going to do um a souls like review this week um and i'm going to be reviewing um a game that came out in 2017 called hollow knight oh i've heard of this yeah and it, it was one of those things that um, a lot of people have heard of and it's kind of it was an indie project that kind of blew up um, and it, it became really big and I always I slept on it I was like I don't it, it is a souls like but I was like I don't think it has enough of what I like about souls like to really draw me in and really kind of make me want to play it um, one of the big things is is it's a it's the 2d game and I am very funny about my genres and I've mm. got kind of a stigmatism against 2d games for some reason yeah, I, I, I especially 2d platformers that's what i was about to say and, and platformers for me i don't i don't have anything specifically against them i just find them very frustrating because i'll often find that i i just find the controls frustrating in platformers and i'll be hitting my head on things <laughs> and like why am i hitting my head and then i'll try to jump off a platform and they'll just fall off the edge and i'm like why didn't they jump and i just get very frustrated with platformers so i avoid them um just out of rage purposes <laughs> so so anything 2d i'm normally like nah i'm out um but one thing i have always thought is that the art style was really really nice and it is it's all like this hand-drawn kind of um it almost reminds me of cuphead but kind of more polished okay. and more modern so like not going for that like old timey vibe but going for a more modern version of that um i don't know why it just kind of does and the art style is very chibi if you know that kind of style, like very, yeah, yeah, very yeah. stumpy things with mm. like bigger heads and they're really cute. <laughs> um, but it's, it's this 2D game, obviously, um, that is a Souls-like, but its main genre is um, a Metroidvania. And I don't know if you know the Metroidvania genre. Nope. So it's basically, <laughs> no. it comes from um, Super Metroid and Castlevania. And it's the, it's, it's basically these, these two games define the genre, which is um, a I believe, because I'm not too clued up on it because I've kind of avoided them, um, but I believe it's this whole idea about working your way through a world and um, slowly gaining new abilities to be able to go back and unlock previous areas. Right. 
so that kind of um, progression through the game yeah, is yeah. done through like abilities and items and things that so you can actually go back and constantly kind of spread outwards um, rather than just being like a linear game so it has this mentality and dark souls is kind of like that anyway so it kind of fits into to the souls like um idea but i I was so unsure and i i picked it up and i was like i really want to just play like a new Souls. like i'm really in my like a souls like mood at the minute and i was like i want to play a newer one um or like a new one that i haven't tried before so i picked it up and it, it's so cheap as well and i feel i feel kind of bad when games are this cheap is it just me like no it's three years old four years old now it's basically three but no it's no it's like so cheap as it is that's what i mean the developers only charge 10 pound to play the game and this is a game because it's a souls like because it's a metrovania it has over about 60 hours worth of my content and they charge 10 pound and i got it on sale and i paid five pound and i just I just feel guilty because <laughs> it's bad. like, yeah, because it's like you should like, you know, other developers would charge 25, 30 pounds for this game. But yeah, I, I've 10. seen, I've seen stuff before as well, where it's like an indie game and they're like 35 pounds. Yeah. Like, and you're like, well, why? How? And, and I was just like, I felt, I felt bad. And I was like, right, well, it's one of those things as well. When it was that cheap, I got it off of um, the Humble Bundle store. Um, and when it was that cheap, you're like, even if I don't enjoy it, I've spent £5 to try something. So I literally don't care whether I enjoy it or not. And that, that's such a nice feeling going in. Whereas if I'd spent like £45, £50 and then been like, I hate this game. Like it's a horrible feeling. So you go in with no fears when you've not really invested anything into it. And I, it took me a while I was kind of like two mm, D, <laughs> kind of had that stigma for a while, but now I'm just like, I just keep wanting to go back into this world. They've just built this this atmosphere around it that that just draws you in. It's so dark and gritty, and but at the same time so cute and lovable, <laughs> and it's it's just so atmospheric. And I just always I just want to go back into it. And there's so much to do um, that it just constantly keeps you wanting to do more because of this metrovania style where you kind of you find new things and then you can go back and i'm like okay i found this ability that now i can you know double jump which is huge because you find it quite late on no not late on but like well over halfway through the game and i was like i can double jump now and it sounds so simple but then you're like this opens so many new possibilities (laughs) there's so many areas i can get to now and then you think back to all the places that you want to go um or just like finding items and upgrades and stuff and and being able to do that like over the course of the game knowing that you can go back um, and get them later and it's just a constant balancing act of what you want to do first and, mm. and where you want to go first because it's That's just cool. a sprawling map nice. yeah and this map is all just interconnecting so like every area will connect to at least one or two other areas is it sort um, of like are there harder areas or is it just kind of like yeah so the, with you or? yeah so the way it will work is because of the whole metroidvania way the you know the idea is that you'll find the item to get you to the area when you're ready so if you right, found the item good, yeah. you'll be ready to take on that next area and um, because you've managed to get to that item um so that's kind of like how it works and and those games have always been very kind of loved for that way because it's a very smart design um because it's, it's good you know, progression it's always, yeah. yeah so it's good progression it's always keeping up with you it knows what you're capable of and what you're ready to do um but yeah th- this world is so nice that there's um it's so like dark and lonely but at the same time you find these characters um that are so lovable 
and they they none of them are voice acted um it's all just like text but they'll make little noises and mm. and and it's just like you'll just hear these little lovable noises um and, and yeah you just like you work your way through this world and and the the locations are just they're varied and they're they're gorgeous and this this art style is it's just fantastic like I, I literally, I'm just like looking for wallpapers, like which one, <laughs> which <laughs> wallpaper? Because the, the art style is just, it's the type of art style I love. It just looks so polished as well. Um, so that that's really good. Um, the In terms of the actual platforming, there is platforming in the game. And I, I was actually like, I'm really happy that at the minute, it hasn't really annoyed me at all. There's been the few cases of like, oh, well, like he didn't jump or, oh, well, like, you know. But apart from that, it's not like overly intensive platforming. It doesn't, it doesn't expect the world from you like some platformers do, whether they're like, you have to be the best platformer ever. Because um, I'm all right at platforming, but because I don't like it, I'm, I've never really got the chance to be good at it. Um, but the platforming's never really come into the difficulty for me. It's, yeah. it, it's you know, just been the, the combat um, has been more challenging, which is what it's meant to be um, because it's a Souls-like. Um, and the bosses themselves are actually really fun. You you kind of you obviously you can't do as much because you're in a 2d platform but you still seem to have these really intense boss battles that feel really rewarding um when you do actually beat the bosses um so yeah it, it's just it's just a really nice game with like a lot of kind of awesome designs and and great characters and amazing world building i think that's probably the thing that i think of most is when i'm like at work and i'm like oh, i want to go home and play Hollow Knight. get back in that world yeah and it which is really weird because normally when you're in very dark dingy worlds you don't really want to go back but it's so yeah. atmospheric it feels so lonely and big and, and you just want to explore it you just want to go through that's the cool. whole thing um and it is quite hard to be fair i i, I will fully admit i use a guide quite a lot because I, I'm not someone who likes to spend a lot of time um, doing my own sort of figuring out of where things are. I yeah. like, as I said, to be very efficient when I play games. Um, so that's probably my one thing is like, when you get to a new area, you have to actually find the guy to sell you the map for the area. Mm -hmm. And then you have to have an ability on to even be able to see where you are on the map. So there's like a really hardcore kind of, um, you know, Element way of, yeah, of, of kind of, being lost in this place and and I, I get that some people would love that i was like nope i'm putting the, the compass on so i know exactly where i am and i'm gonna work my You're way like, through uh, on the wiki yeah yeah literally i was like let's go to ign see what they tell me to do and because like i hate the idea of going through an area and not having any idea where you're going or where the save points are um because it is a souls like so if you die you lose everything unless you go back and and get it again yeah um, which, to be fair, I would have probably preferred this game to not have that because it it forces me to explore less. Um, okay, you kind because, of feel like it doesn't need it. Then. Yeah, it's it uh, it is a Souls like, but I wouldn't say that I'm really st realistically there completely for the challenge. I don't for that I element. Think, yeah, yeah, I think that it's um, the bosses are challenging enough. I don't really need that risk reward. I've always been against it in Dark Souls anyway. I I know a lot of hardcore players would be like, "Ooh, it's because you're bad." It's literally, I just don't like the pressure of it. I think it, it oh, takes you mean away just when the, you find the grunts? Uh, and, and like a grunt when nearly you kills up. you and you're like, oh, goodness. Yeah, just it won't, either that or just like you do make your way to the boss, but you, you know, you're nowhere near ready because you've got like half health and, you know, you've got loads of resources that you would rather spend on something else. Um, mm. 
and I, I've never liked that in Dark Souls that you you actually or like any Souls like that you lose everything upon death. I I kind of find that a bit boring. Um, I I just like the challenge of the games. I don't really like the whole you know risk reward thing because I play too passive when there's a yeah. the risk reward. Mm-hmm. I will just like farm up you know resources or souls or whatever they're called in the game and then go and spend them any any uh serial podcast listeners will know bradley's a bit of a hoarder slash vanilla boy yeah yeah i am so i'll just like play it the passive way and it's the same with this game i just like i avoid exploring too much um you know because there's the risk of getting into a fight maybe that i'm not ready for i can't can't use those salts can you bradley (laughs) no (laughs) so it's yeah it's one of those things that like i think it's okay in Dark Souls. It kind of works with the whole dying and losing everything. But with this game, mm. I think it's it's even worse because of how complex 2D environments are. Yeah. And how maze-like they are. Um, but overall, I'm just like, I haven't finished it. I'm nowhere near finishing it. Um, and that's the thing is, uh, I found out just before the podcast that the game was actually made by three developers. And oh, wow. so polished and so clean. Like, it's one of those games where I've had zero bugs and I can't imagine what a bug would look like in that game. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Just yeah, like yeah, that's, that's that amazing. And, and then I found out it was three developers. Um, they charged literally ten ninety nine for their game at base price. So obviously, like I said, it was on sale for 50, uh, 50% off at five. And they released four massive DLC packs for free. And, oh, wow. What and nice they've, guys. they've blended in so seamlessly to the game that I've been playing through them without realizing I've been playing through them. So they've actually done That's it cool. not as a kind of download them like, yeah. and then, you know, just seamlessly into the world. Yeah, they're there. Like, I, I didn't realize they were DLC because obviously I'm playing three years on. I, I'm just experiencing them as if it's part of the base game. And I just... Like when you look at companies like EA and, you know, we constantly rag on them, but <laughs> then you look at a tiny little... You know, indie indie dev, three like devs yeah. charging ten pound for a game with three years worth of DLC, and you, I'm just in, I'm just in shock. And I, I like, it makes me love the game even more because there's such a nice community around with it. Such nice practice developers. Yeah, exactly. And I know the game isn't for everyone. I know you two probably wouldn't really enjoy it. You know, Souls like two D. No, I, to be honest, I, I, it has been something that's that's popped up a lot. Um, I I've think... always thought the night design looks really cool. Yeah, it, it it really does. It's so cool. But I think it's something that um, Chris, you'd definitely be kind of more inclined to. I think Jack, it would kind of be a bit tedious for you. Um, but I think you would love the world building of it. Um, yeah, Chris. Yeah, and kind of like you know, you can speak to characters and they'll kind of have dialogue, and you'll find out a lot about the world and the kind of state of the world before you got to it. And things like that. That's why I think you'd like a lot of Souls like this because that's how the story's told. Yeah, told I know. Those, that's that is in those the aspect, little moments. It, that is the aspect I even really enjoyed when I did remember playing Dark Souls Two. I was always oh, very sorry. intrigued <laughs> by this world, and when I did yeah. get sni- snippets, it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, you know, I just every time I died to it. I, and to be honest, I enjoyed the boss fights. I enjoyed the challenge. I didn't enjoy just walking down a, a ladder and a grunt like one shot at me and just being like, oh. Yeah, uh, I know two's bad though. So don't don't take yeah. yourselves like experience I mean, from two. I'm glad you've said. I probably should give another one a go. I probably should give three a go, at some point. Three, yeah, three. I love one. I think is phenomenal as well. And it's always a case of like I flip back and forth. I love one. I love three. I love Bloodborne. I love Sekiro. And I'm like, mm, they are favourite as one game. Yes, to be honest, that is the one that I think I'm most I'd love to play is uh, Sekiro. 
I would recommend it to both of you. I think Jack, even you'd be like, okay, this yeah. is pretty. The combat is so it's it's similar to Fallen Order in a way, mm. um, and it's it's so kind of intense, and you just feel like a you know like a shinobi once you finish a fight, mm. because even like the basic enemies, you you'll just get this perfect parry off from them, and you'll break their guard and do this perfect slice through their throat, and you just feel like incredible, like you know you've just dominated them and it's like it's one of those stupid things that you just feel powerful afterwards but yeah i i, I think both of you would absolutely adore Sekiro. but yeah so hollow knight is a game that i surprisingly really liked and it's one of those one of those games that's like you know you, you you're so unsure about and then you get into it and you're really really glad that you tried it sometimes they're the best though aren't they yeah, definitely. And that, now it's on my like Souls-like list. So when I'm in these moods where I'm like, more Souls-likes, <laughs> kill me, <laughs> kill me over and over again. To be fair, I haven't actually died. It's like that Arnie meme, just do it. I want you to do it. Kill me. <laughs> I'm Predator where he's in the mud and you just look at him. <laughs> Come on, do it. But yeah, so that is my review. So Chris, oh. what would so, you like to talk um, about? I'm doing one that I've actually owned for probably like a year. And um, I, for whatever reason, I had other stuff to play. And uh, I was like, every time I was like, oh, I'll get back to this. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I started Control. And I actually went, no, 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 no. Stop playing Control. Finish this. Then play Control. That was li- <laughs> so, so I did the first couple hours of Control. And then I was like, no, I'm going to stop. I'm going to finish Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to move on. Because I need to, to finish this. I need to play it. I need to experience it. Mm-hmm. And... I'll start by saying I've had it about a year and um, I initially really, oh, don't get me wrong, this game is beautiful. It's stunning. It has a, it has one of my favorite openings of a video game of recent memory. Mm-hmm. Yep. The opening sequence is uh, astonishing. It blew my yep. mind. Um, and also it's, it's the opening is a love letter. It's such a good bridge of the Clone Wars and the original trilogy as yeah. well. Cause you see this shift from the Republic to the empire. And even the opening is great. Cause you're scrapping all this Republic warships and stuff for the empire. Um, and it's this beautiful, just, I just thought for, for, for someone who I feel like this, it's really, yeah, I feel like it's really grand and atmospheric. The, the yes. opening sequence, yeah, yeah, like, even like the big ships in the background, all the stuff, chase like. bits with the train and yeah. every, oh, it's, it, it blew my mind how good the opening was. Um, but then the, the reason I stopped playing it was really, there were a couple reasons. I think I really enjoyed the linear opening. And then once you got to a planet, I kind of felt like for me personally, it lost a lot of momentum. Right. I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this linear story. And then it's like, boom, go explore this explore. planet with yeah. like what I would consider to be really clunky and annoying platforming. Oh God, I hated that. I absolutely loathed the platforming. Don't get me wrong. The platforming gets better when you get better at it. And when you unlock the force abilities. Once mm-hmm. you've got pull, once you've got double jump, once you've got the um, reverse wire for BB1, which oh, lets you good. go up in alternating directions. So there's yeah. loads of aspects that as you get better at it and as you unlock abilities, the free running gets so much better, so yeah. much more enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. To the point where I'd say at the end of the game, it is enjoyable. Yeah. But oh, when you're like this little spaz who just keeps throwing himself <laughs> off a cliff, and I did it yeah. so because you pressed A like a second too early. And yep. I was just like, for God's sake, mate, sort your life out. You're a 
freaking Jedi. It's my exact problem with 2D games, <laughs> but in a 3D world. Mm. And then the other thing was the combat for me. Initially, I found the combat way too hard. And oh, I, I, kept I getting, love like, the beginning. I love I keep, it, yeah. No, not the beginning. The, the, just no, the planet. Just being weak. No, that's what I mean. But, I loved but, it. But, I got but what, too strong. But what I'm going to say, yeah, <laughs> so this is what I'm going to say about You get strong. So, so I hated feeling like a little punk. No, I uh, loved and it. And I think that's why I stopped playing as well. Because there were those two aspects, the free running and the combat, yeah. that really got to me. But again, the thing with the combat, which I, I spoke to someone at work about this, is that once you get good at it, it mm-hmm. gets extremely so satisfying. Once yeah, you yeah. master the parry, once you master yeah. like certain aspects of it, and yeah. then as you level up, the power creep is astonishing. Yeah. You go from this little like Padawan Maybe. who can't yeah, do yeah. anything, and, and you end up feeling like a Jedi Knight who just blitzes through everything and you're just like yeah. this monster who's just like swapping between double bladed and ripping his lightsaber in two and like oh you just you feel like such a beast by the end and i really like the fact that now that i've, I've stuck with it i really like the fact that you feel like you go from a guy who was a padawan who to was it. a learner yeah to, to a it. jedi knight yeah. you yeah. across this game you go on this journey and it's re- represented in the story and the gameplay. And I've yeah. talked before, I love when a story is represented like Alan Wake in both gameplay and in the actual mm-hmm. story. And I think it's a double-edged sword because my brother stopped playing it. He, he kind of hates the game. And Oof. he was watching me play it. And he was like, I don't understand like your character's so powerful now he's so good he's so tough he's all that and he was like and this looks really fun and he played on my character and he had a great time but my brother's problem which i i think will alienate a lot of gamers with this game which is the grind to it is the grind to it was the fact that i only got to that point after like five planets yeah and he couldn't commit to that in his brain and he was just getting so frustrated so i think this is a game that is either like it's like marmite it's like it's something you will either love or hate, or you mm-hmm. might be like me. You might initially really hate it, like just it. not yeah, yeah. But as you get better at it and you level mm-hmm. up, you just—I absolutely adore. I've literally done a complete one hundred and eighty. I've gone from not really liking this game to this being my third favorite Star Wars game of all time. Or you could, or you could be like Bradley, and you could hate. You could start off loving being a little grunt, and then hate when you get powerful. Which is I don't just, hate it. I'm just like, uh, how good is the, the lightsaber pa- design in this though? The how the good is making your own lightsaber? Yeah. Oh yeah. Most, what, what I, spent far, I spent far too much time. Oh, you're disgusting, Bradley. <laughs> God. Because I used pink. to have an orange lightsaber. I, I purple. I went for purple. Yeah, the pinky purple. Because I had an orange lightsaber in Knights of the Old Republic too. Oh, the, and I was like then. nostalgia. Yeah. And it's like it's like an ancient color that was like. But do you it, know, I think it's, it's just like a... it's a red lightsaber that's been like turned by a Jedi to be like good. And do I was not... like, yes, I love orange. But it's just even the little pieces, just doing each part oh, and building yeah. it to and be I your had, own. Like, this Mine beautiful... looks so generic. <laughs> oh, I bet it does. I bet it's I, so vanilla, isn't I it? I had this it's beautiful <laughs> one that had like the Wookiee um wood in as the in in the middle <laughs> and i was just i made this really intricate really beautiful uh and and it looks so good and i loved the fact that he was a double double bladed lightsaber character yeah so well, it was either good. what did you well, what did you predominantly was, but, use but what i mean is his blade was double bladed and then yeah. you could choose to activate just one I yeah, would just I was, activate them on uh, on the run, just like for fun. And yeah, because it looks so them. cool. Yeah, where he spins <laughs> well, what them. What I yeah. mean is, yeah. is, even though he only uses the one, 
it, it, he is still, uh, it builds the character that you are always, he has just a double bladed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I love. I just think it's so cool to have a Jedi canon character that has a double bladed lightsaber. And that doesn't mean he can't, and he's done it so it's modular, so he can rip them apart and, and do the yeah, form you, where he does do two. Yeah, when you do that move, yeah, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, he spins them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's two break, different, yeah. isn't there? Because he does yeah. different ones depending on yeah. if you've got this, uh, the one or equipped or the double. Yeah. Um, oh, I, thought, just... I thought combat, like, as much as it was awesome and it was such a cool moment and there was a couple of really cool moments in the story like that, I, I was solely using the single during the fight mm, and unless same. it was to break him apart. I didn't like the combat with two. Oh, My, yeah, I love the combat with two. The, the only time I would use two is for the deflex. It oh, felt like unlimited yeah, the deflex. When, yeah. when the minigun guy would fire at you. Yeah, and you'd, and just, you'd be like, no. Like, <laughs> did, did you not think with the, I don't know about you, Bradley, for me, with the double, with the double, the normal attacks with the double felt like he was just holding a stick either side yeah, of his waist. that's why yeah. you press Y two times yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. throws it around him like a madman. Yeah, man that was, like, yeah it was all right. One just felt I'm always a power hitter. One. The thing is, I I would go to one for dueling if i was fighting someone i'd go to but to be honest i think i was actually more because i loved the ability where if you did x and then hold x yeah. he'd do an attack and change to a different um yeah. lightsaber the other way. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I barely used like, the abilities that was like my <laughs> yeah, most used um attack, attack i think yeah. and i love that because what i'd do is i'd go at him with a double bladed i'd yeah. hold x swap to the one he'd do the unique animation and then i'd do a double Y strike on them, yeah, and like smash them back. And I just did you oh, think the combos well. were so good, yeah. the combos were so good, man. And did you not think, <laughs> and did you not think that like every um, not okay, not every, but most like boss battles in the game just felt so great, even rewarding. from the very beginning, because they were rewarding, but not just that, they you feel the growth in your character that yeah. way as well so, through the boss so battles. This is quite hilarious. So I, I did like everything in this game and I, yeah. I found about 80% fair, of all yeah. the collectibles by myself. Yeah. I th- I'd had to look up a couple, but I found most of the stuff in the game yeah, by myself. Yeah, same, so yeah. my character was ridiculously buffed out. And I can remember um, I, the first real boss fight is on Cepho, uh, mm-hmm. which I consider the first real boss fight is when you fight the one of the sisters yeah. for the first time. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Um, apprentice sister, not the big girl. Um, yeah. And you fight her, and she—that's actually a really hard boss fight. And you only have to get it to half health, and then uh, uh, yeah. you you end the fight. Yeah. But I struggled with that. But then I can remember I did everything else, and I got to Kashyyyk. And I think you fight—I think it's the ninth sister, ninth which sister is this is giant yeah, like. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking, oh god, here we go. I destroyed her. Yeah, she was so easy. Yeah, her combos were really like easy to it. Like, I felt like a god. I was just like, you puny human. Eyes closed, parrying her. And then the final boss fight. (laughs) You're all in. Because my character was so power built, I just like demolished her again. I just like blitzed through her. Like the only thing that was a bit janky, which annoyed me, was she could do this thing where she'd like yep. dash at you and yep. grab you and drain yep. half your One health. And I'd be like, yeah, what are Bradley, you doing? do you remember a conversation mm. me and you had? I was like, about that's just, just, just that, that, stupid. That was. 
Like well, I, and- I, I still blitzed her, but that would really frustrate. It's because no matter what you did, it would she happen. Could still, unless you literally dodged it, and it was like, yeah, yeah, like even the dodge, she'd just yeah. get you. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's like this really random situation where it just and, wouldn't. And also, yeah. did you notice as well that that boss fight has like no checkpoint? So like you could be right at the end of it, and she could oh, be yeah. there, and, then and then it's like, oh, and because Bradley played it on obviously Bradley played it on the hardest difficulty, mm. and I, I went back, Chris, and played it rec- more recently and started from the beginning, and I said to Bradley, I'm gonna play it on the hardest difficulty see if i can hack it um and it took me a while to get used to how perfect you have to be to do it well but i i then got used to it and i got through the game again and i got to the end and i said to bradley i'm really worried about this boss fight solely because of that that move mm. and bradley was like oh it gets quite frustrating i'll be honest <laughs> oh, yeah. And right then, at the end. And, yeah and then literally <laughs> the amount of times i facetimed bradley i was like i can't do this this is just killing me <laughs> literally like it was so frustrating like, it is so rewarding at the yeah, same time it's it's uh it's so sad and i think the enemy design is amazing the yeah. variety in enemy types is yeah. so good like all the different big monsters and set yeah. pieces like the, the monster on daphomir mm-hmm. um the different Bogo, you fight yeah that's cool that's so cool the, <laughs> i the did them at the beginning sisters, of the game and it took forever the night brothers he, um, i didn't realize you could parry the monsters Oh, yeah. did you know? I, di- I didn't realise that for ages. I-, I would always parry the big frog and then cut him in half. Yeah, I didn't know you could parry the big yeah. frog, so I spent so did, many attempts. So did, did, and I Googled know, it, like, what am I doing wrong? And then like, I parry him the and pull, did it first try. Do you know about the pull attack on the big frog as well? <laughs> yeah, what with the tongue? You yeah. pull his tongue out and cut it off. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, this is so cool. <laughs> but do you know what I was a bit disappointed at? Because obviously it's Disney Star Wars. Yeah, so I know you what have, you're You have Disney. this hilarious thing where if you're fighting wildlife, you like cut their limbs off and you cut them in yeah. half. And the robots. You and the robots. Half. But the yeah. minute but you the fight a human, troopers. they're yeah. just like, fine. Yeah. Like, that oh, that finisher where he spins around and cuts straight through the stomach, yeah? And it's like, why are they not in half? Like, why <laughs> why is he not in half? just sort of like the, the silliness of it. Yeah, but, I know. But yeah, I was blown away because, you know, you have all the different Stormtrooper stuff. You have the Purge Troopers, which I hated at first, but I really got to like fighting They all them. feel so different, don't they? So individual. Yeah. You have the Bounty Hunters when they eventually come after you. And oh, they're I really, ridiculous. I really yeah, enjoyed they were the Bounty ridiculous. Sometimes I'd, I'd come out like one HP out of like yeah. a, oh, they were know, tough, a mini but, boss. But they but come but out of Ogo Bogo. And bounty <laughs> Hunters are meant <laughs> to be sitting there. sort of... Uh, but why do they get to travel in pairs as well? Yeah. There's <laughs> always um, the annoying flying ones that would be. Oh, the flying one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, go away. I was, I was also blown away by the level design. Yeah. So each of the planets is so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Cepho, which is kind of this really cool mountainous, like, um, you know, rainy planet. And then you have, um, you have basically like a weird swamp planet. You have Daphomir, the home of the Night Sisters from the Clone Wars, <laughs> from the witches. And that actually carries on a, a storyline. Yeah from yeah, the clone yeah. wars and when it yeah. started happening i was like oh my god this is literally like i thought like, that you can tell yeah. the devs are fans of the clone wars because they've literally just continued a clone wars storyline in fallen yeah. order like it's great i love it i they they did such a good they knocked this game out of the park um so yeah daphomir then you go to ilum which is where the younglings used to go in the clone wars to I get the lightsaber really crystals cool, and it's a reference again to the clone wars and it was really cool um, I even really enjoyed a lot of the puzzles in this. I thought a lot of the puzzles weren't too hard. They were just kind of fun and you just sort of looked around for a bit. There wasn't anything that was like ridiculously difficult. It was just kind of like a nice little mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, 
all the way the force powers worked with the environment was really well done and really satisfying as you got like more powerful and, and you unlocked more abilities. Um, and again, the last thing I have to talk about is the story. Oh, it's Brilliant. so good. And, <laughs> and when people talk about before, this game was so robbed at the Game Awards. Yeah. My God. Like, I, I, know, I know before I finished it, people were saying it was robbed at the Game Awards. But this is great. This is like God mm-hmm. of War level mocap with, yeah. like, amazing performances. And I forget his name, but the guy, he played um, a young Joker in Gotham. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. Cam- uh, Cameron something. I want to see him in live action. Yeah. Like I want him to play because he's you know modeled up. I, I'd love him yeah, yeah. to show up on like the Mandalorian or show yeah. up on some sort of Star Wars show yeah, as yeah. Cal he Kestis. He it's really weird because I actually love it. I loved his character so in much. Gotham. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I mean in Jedi Fallen Order, I loved yeah. his character as Cal Kestis so much that I actually have on my shelf behind me. Um, I have uh, a little pop vinyl of Cal and BD One from mm. Fallen Order. Oh, um, BB One's so cute as well. He's so, so cute. much better than BB Eight. Yeah, but he he is like adorable, and do you know what he? It, there's the bit in the story um, where late late in the game with the um, where you go to get your whether you're getting your own kyber crystal, mm. um, and that that moment. Yeah, that's such it a tender moment. Really sad. I thought it was mm. really sad that moment. Or even game. like um, there's a load of flashbacks to Order sixty six. That is so oh, cool. That scene. it was heart wrenching as well because yeah. they play the exact same music music from yeah. those cut from the the, the bits mm-hmm. in the movies, and it's so traumatic and and yeah. tough and um, and also. Also, they do such a good job because one of the things I love about the Clone Wars is how much the Clone Wars animated show humanizes the clones yeah. and shows you that the clones formed like really strong bonds with like their Jedis. And I loved when you played as little cow and you'd walk around and you'd talk to all the troopers. And before you go into training, that one trooper gives you a high five and he's yeah. like, and he slaps your hand. He's like, you got this cow, go like kick the course's ass. And I was like, oh, it's, it's so cute. And it's beautiful because it's like, these guys were like defenders of the Republic and were like, they had their own independent forts. And then it's this tragedy that they're forced to kill the Jedi who they grow yeah. to love because of these chips in their heads. So they don't want to do this. It's just like, no. it's something they can't fight against. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a switch happens and then they just like turn on them and they can't help it. Like, this is the thing is that I love, I, I thought the same thing as you, Chris, that I thought those, those little clips, even the, the Jedi training bits, like how you learn your powers again um, through the, the bits as a kid, you know what I mean? Where you're like training in the, the training area. I felt like all of that was even really necessary for the story because it's mm. like, it really, and also it brings you a lot closer to the, uh, to your um, Jedi master. Yeah. He was great as well. That it was a really was. cool alien with yeah. a cool design cool lightsaber do you not think it's awesome as well that little he was a monster uh, that little snippet when um when you're standing there and then order 66 happens and he said it, the stormtroopers behind him and he just spins the lightsaber without even looking at them and just goes yeah. through straight or through even them. the bit where like um he's you're trying to go through the vents and he's just steaming through like yeah. and like their clones Hello. are talking over the yeah. mic and they're like he's already taken down eight squads and it's like yeah. oh jesus like, but then it does kind of annoy me that little end bit I know it has to happen, but it's just like, how did he do all of that? And then that well, it, last to bit. be fair, think about the gameplay. There's only so much stamina you have before you can't deflect yeah, anymore. Yeah, so, true. so he ran out of stamina. That's what happened. The bosses don't seem to run out of stamina on me. But yeah, he, I noticed he, that. It was just a beautiful bridge between the old, between the prequels and the new. Um, it was such a love letter to Star Wars as a whole. Again, yeah. it's like I said with KOTOR. 
it took, takes everything great from the prequels and everything great from the from the original trilogy and yeah. meshes them together in a beautiful way. All yeah. the characters are great, and I want to quickly talk about what, like, really quickly talk about one spoiler. And I'm, and I'm giving you, I'm giving spoiler warning now because if yeah. you haven't played Jedi Fallen Order, yeah. you should really play it in, and not listen to this. Go on. So here we go. So the last bit with Darth yeah. Vader yeah. was amazing. Most it atmospheric scene. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Me and Jack talked about. He that was just a monster. So he, it was that's the, what Vader should be. Just yeah, this and guy you, that turns up. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, he's how he should be. And you know, you know the um, the database you get, which gives you like each of your enemies' weaknesses and things like that that yeah. you can read. Yeah. Did you read the one on Darth Vader? No, I didn't you? read it. It basically says it um, basically says no known weaknesses advice run literally or something <laughs> like that. Or it literally Jesus. says something like no. And it's it's that scene where it's that 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 moment. Because did you Cal try gets to fight him as well? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just grabs you. Yeah, yeah, but it's the it's the fact that that in that scene in that set like that small segment there is pure fear for your life because you're oh, like I cannot yeah. stand a chance. And Bradley was like, I'm so glad you didn't fight him and beat it's him just too. Pure like, unfiltered. Like, but that's he's the strange. Dark Lord of the Sith, and that's yeah. so well done because she's like standing there and she's like, oh, I it's feel the cold. Smoke. You and then the smoke. Yeah, because you the whole the thing they talk about him being so evil that characters feel cold when he's yeah. around them mm-hmm. and, you hear and he comes down yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah and he kills her so brutally and then he just yeah. flings that jedi master and then you think you've got away from him and then like a horror game he's like surprised yeah and yeah. he's like there and then they have and that, bd like, saves you forth. Um, yeah, I thought I thought BD was going to die then. Yeah, I so like, did I. Oh, no. it's, it's amazing because I've watched all the clips on how that can go different, like how you can fail it. Yeah, there's like ways. thirty ways he can kill you, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, because it all goes <laughs> differently. Yeah, and it's really cool. And like he kills BD in one of them actually. He like if B, when BD stuns him, um, if he doesn't stun him quick enough, he takes him off his shoulder and just crushes him. <laughs> I literally just like force crushes him. Um, but yeah, it's it's but, just so yeah, cool. It's I such mean, a great I mean, game. The last I'm excited talk- for a sequel. The last thing I'll talk about, though, is immediately afterwards, I saw a meme and it yeah. cracked me up so much because, you know, Cal Kestis, as much as you feel strong at the end, you're still mm-hmm. just a Jedi yeah, Knight. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, not yeah. like a Jedi Master. No. But mm-hmm. I saw a hilarious meme and it was like Jedi Fallen Order and it was like Darth Vader fight and it's just got run, just run. Yeah. Yeah. And then underneath <laughs> it had Force Unleashed and it had a picture of Vader and Starkiller and it was Starkiller going, how many times do I have to teach you this lesson, old man? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's quickly my one Because Starkiller just like beats him up, doesn't he? I love it. But that's, to be fair, Starkiller's, it, it was trained by yeah, Vader yeah. and is insanely yeah. powerful. Exactly. Uh, my one bugbear with the game, um, and we think we've mentioned it briefly before. Um, I feel like the map was really frustrating. Yeah, they weren't. Uh, they were a bit. I got used to them. It, yeah, but, but they it was were a bit, bit annoying. I, 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 yeah. I mean, they were good, but I see what you mean. It was a bit hard yeah. sometimes to. And the, yeah. <laughs> yeah getting around. Stuff. Yeah. But despite all Overall, its faults and game. the progression that it, mm. the, and the time commitment that is needed to get good yeah. at it, um, I think if you give it that time, my God, it literally I've said before it 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 was it, it yeah it's such a difficult thing because I think there's been so many good Star Wars games, but it's phenomenal and it was robbed that it didn't get something at the Game Awards. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. I, I'm completely blown away by it, and I'm so glad I finally played it. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite. Uh, I just I love it. I think I think I'm so excited for a Fallen Order too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. So last question: 
Should, should Cal and Marin uh, end up together? I hope so. <laughs> I like little like. It was like, ah, yeah. oh, they're so cute. Because yeah. I'm kind of like, um, she's, you know, I like the whole bleed over from the Clone Wars and it's almost good like that her people were massacred because her people weren't <laughs> nice people. No, no. Her, I was thinking this was because her people were like evil Sith. Yeah, we're evil Sith. Yeah, and yeah. because of that tragedy, <laughs> yeah, it led got, yeah, to yeah, her yeah. becoming like using the Sith magics for good, you know? It's led to a character that would have been a villain has become a good guy because of the tragedy of their past life. And if that's not Star Wars, then I don't know what is. Oh, I'm still I'm still reeling over that. No, but on, if you watch The Clone Wars, you'll understand more. They're, they're literally a coven of like evil witches who like do all sorts of terrible things. I mean, they basically created Darth Maul and all sorts of different like, like unleashed that upon the so galaxy. you are like, team... Cow and Merrin, then. Yeah, I think they're nice. They're, they're really, they're really. That's cool. all I need and, to hear. <laughs> and I'm all. Uh, the thing is, like in the prequels, it's all like, oh no, Jedi must be abstinent. But like in like, I really like the whole idea. Like in Star Wars Rebels, there's like Kanan and um, Hera. I just really like. I feel like the Jedi should have relationships because they should have. I like that. That's something that in the original trilogies, they're just like, nah, don't worry, we'll have people, we love them, we'll have families and stuff, and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I like how it's not always fine because a lot of the time their kids like turn evil. But like, <laughs> who are? That's uh, part and parcel of Star Wars, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, should we move on to our last segment of yes. the week? So it is my quiz. Mm-hmm. And this was part of the reason that I wanted to review Hollow Knight is because I was kind of like, oh, oh what, what should oh, I do no. as, my, as my topic? And I really didn't have much. And I was playing Hollow Knight. And obviously, like I said, I'm really into it. So I was like, I want to do a Hollow Knight quiz. And that's why I actually ended up reviewing Hollow Knight um, as well. And I tried not to give too much away in my, in my um, actual review. I don't know why. You didn't leave any hints, any breadcrumbs. Um, I tried not to, but you, you never know. It, it might be that you get zero. It might be that you get two. <laughs> I don't think you're going to, you might guess your way through. So in the 2017 game, Hollow Knight, <laughs> who do you play as? Is it A, Hollow Knight, B, Hornet, or C, Quirrell? It's Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. Yeah. So you do actually play as um It'd be really weird if you didn't play as Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, you know, you don't play as... Dark Souls, that's not his name, so... Yeah, but Hollow Knight sounds like (laughs) But yeah, he is just the Hollow Knight. We don't have a name for him apart from that. Um, And I put Hornet in there just in case you knew anything about the game because Hornet is going to be the playable character in the sequel. Oh, cool. Ah, cool. Yeah, um, she she is in the game. Um, But yeah, just a little like extra. Um, Cool. Question two. What does the Hollow Knight wield as their weapon? Is it A? What? Sorry, I was too keen. Go on. Yeah, you were. Is it A, a sword, B, a nail, or C, a Glock? <laughs> Glock. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's a, it's a sword. It's a sword, yeah. You're both wrong. What? Is it a nail? It's, it's not, a nail. It's not a Glock, though. I so, swear the, con- the, the concept art has him with like I either a sword and yeah. shield or a big great sword. No, so it's actually a nail. So he ah. is... So the whole thing is actually set. And this is what I tried to avoid, which I really shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> the whole thing is, is actually set around insects. Wow. So everything is, is some form of kind of insect creature. Wow. Yeah. And so he has a like little control. nail. Oh, that's cute. I uh, know, it's adorable. It's he not a Glock. A little nail. <laughs> no, he doesn't have... I wonder oh, if you, you imagine if you said a Glock. 
<laughs> but yeah, so it's all set around this kind of like bug world. Um, so yeah, really cool. Um, question three. Who is the false knight? Um, also, I came up with all of these questions, so I don't know whether they're hard or not. I did them while I was on my break at work. <laughs> I just came up with all of them. Um, so who is the false knight? Is it A, a creature exiled from the land seeking revenge? Is it B, a knight that betrayed his family crest? Or C, a maggot wearing the armour of a knight? Is the maggot wearing the armour of a knight? Yeah, I really like the sound of the maggot as well. It is. It is a, yeah. a, a maggot wearing the armour of a knight. And he's actually the first person in the game. How does he fit in it? You, How does he, he get crushed? So the knight isn't um, like massive. He's still um, like this kind of armoured beetle. And his name is Hedon. Oh, if you're right, interested okay. in extra lore. Um, and he just like squeezes himself in. And he's very, because it's chibi, he's very squishy. And like when you fight him, you don't know he's in there. And then when you stagger him, his little maggot face pops out. Oh my god! He had to slap his little maggot face, and then <laughs> slap eventually, his little maggot face. and eventually, you know, can you imagine that line he'll, out he'll of context? And yeah. he'll, he'll fall out of the suit, and you have to like kill the little maggot, and he's quite sad to be honest. And then if you go back later, he has loads of maggot friends, and they're all crying, and they're scared of you. <laughs> it's the saddest <laughs> little thing. And like I said, they just make noises so that you'll hear their cries, and they'll be like, <laughs> it's really pathetic crying. And you go near them, they're like. Ee! And they start running away. <laughs> it's such a strange game of points. Um, anyway, question four. Nosk is a hidden boss. Um, so, you know, if you're, you're into the hidden bosses, because there's like a lot of like hidden areas and things. And Nosk is one of them. So Nosk is a hidden boss. Which of these is it capable of? Is it capable of A, shape-shifting, B, spewing an icy attack, or C, walking through walls? Ooh, I'm going to go Which spewing. one? can it do he likes this uh, what were the options again a shape-shifting b spewing an icy attack or c walking through walls uh, i'm gonna go shape-shifting and what did you say jack the icy attack yeah yeah it is shape-shifting i had really bad logic on that one my logic <laughs> sounds a bit like frost I mean, I wouldn't say, I mean, you're going off of no information, so I'd say pretty good <laughs> logic. But um, yeah, the first time you ever see him, he's actually, it's so creepy because you're walking through these really dimly lit tunnels and you'll see yourself um, like in an inaccessible place. And so you have to walk all the way around. And then when you do get all the way around, he's gone and you kind of keep seeing him. And then eventually you can find him and he, he does this really awful creepy animation where he kind of like sprouts the rest of his body and breaks his bones and stuff it's a very creepy game and this is what i mean about his atmosphere um he does spew but it's it's like an acidic attack ah. so so you kind of right but not icy unfortunately um and the last question which of these is not a location in the game so specifically not a location in the game um is it a dirt mouth b city of tears or C, the untended graves. Well, there again, Bradley. So you've got A, Dirtmouth, or mm -hmm. Dirtmouth, B, City of Tears, and C, the untended graves. I'm going to go City with... of Tears. Oh, I guess what I was going to go with, yeah. I, I, I want City of Tears as well. You both want City of Tears. That's not in the game. No. Could be, <laughs> but, but I kind of feel like the other two... Because well, the first one feels silly enough, and then the second one kind of feels creepy enough. Uh, sorry, the third one kind of feels creepy enough. Okay, you are both wrong, unfortunately. Oh, 
Both Dirtmouth and City of Tears are within Hollow Knight and the Untended Graves is an area in Dark Souls. So I, oh. I, I brought in my Dark Souls knowledge. Um, I just thought that the Untended Graves really did sound like yeah, part yeah, of the it game. Yeah, it could be convincing. Souls-likes have, you know, very similar things. Similar naming conventions. Yeah, yeah. I had I had an extra question planned this week as well. So well, you can do the question. Do you want the question? Go for it. Yeah, I, thought, I, it. I really like the false night because it's so stupid. So I made another question just in case there was a tiebreaker. And that was, what is the false night's dream variant? So there's a cool thing they had in one of the DLCs where you can go back and fight the bosses again. Um, right. and they come, you can go into their dreams and they're actually a lot harder. Um, and they'll have like maybe another attack or something. Right. Um, so what is its dream variant's name? So is it A, the Great Deceiver, B, Failed Champion, or C, Maggot Lord? Oh my god, it's got to be Maggot Lord. <laughs> I hope it. I hope it's Maggot Lord, but it's probably not. But I'll go with yeah. Failed Deceiver. <laughs> you just mixed two answers there. <laughs> oh, did <laughs> I? What was it? A, the Great Deceiver. B, Failed Champion, or C, oh. Maggot Lord. Uh, great Deceiver. I quite like the Great Deceiver. Oh, you're both wrong. Ah, <laughs> uh, I came champions. up. I came up with both the Great Deceiver and Maggot Lord. Um, Maggot Lord was too good to not well, say. Well, they're both. Oh. We we went for the better ones, you know. Just just a yeah, man of, I, of I'm of really class, good at, Bradley. Thank you. I'm really good at naming souls like bosses. So, <laughs> hopefully, you liked our little <laughs> thank you foray into Hollow Knight. Yeah. It's quite a fun. Yeah. Thing. Maybe check it out if that if if that kind of tickled your pickle. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't have used that phrase for sure. <laughs> well, some people will probably listen to the to the maggot section and we're like, oh yeah, oh maggots, I love slap those. a maggot. They're really cute though. Like, and there's these grubs, slap a, slap a maggot, and in they're the trapped in jars, and they're the the most pathetic creatures. But you save them. You have to break the jars and let them out, and then you can go back, and their dad gives you money. <laughs> It makes so much sense. It's just like when I say it out loud, I realise I sound crazy. Sounds, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, mm. do we have any closing thoughts? Um, uh, no, I don't today. <laughs> Brad, Bradley's just I, like, I'm still thinking about. No, I'm still thinking about what Chris said. What did What did you say? <laughs> I'm kind of glad that. I mean, I'm just. My closing thought is, I'm upset you didn't laugh more at the Force Unleashed name. I love that. I was I was sitting there laughing at that at work for like ten minutes. I was just like, I love it. I just it's so fun. I just love this idea that Cal Kester's like, oh, run away, and then Starkett is like, oh, how many times do I have to teach you this lesson, old man? I'm just like, I love it. I just think it's so good. It's just so an accurate representation of the two games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, I don't have anything else to add. No, no. me neither. All right, guys, we'll, we'll see you same time next week. Yeah, see you soon. See you later.